The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. The theme of our season, the season we are in, is, is open heavens, open heavens. I'm confident in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, there are certain people that have been operating under a sealed heaven. This season, the heavens will crack open over you. In the name of Jesus. There are people that in, in, in certain areas, they, uh, they have what you call an open heaven or they experience open heavens. But there's a particular area that as, it's as if there's a ceiling, you know, over you in that area. Stay tuned because the ceiling is about to give way. Yeah. In the name of Jesus so I'm personally excited, you know, about this season, you know, and um, if you've not been fasting, you should begin to fast immediately. When should you begin to fast? Immediately. immediately. So if you've been fasting, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. If you are yet to start fasting, say amen. We always have them, <laughs> you know. You know that program, some mothers do have them, some pastors do have them, you know, begin to fast, begin to fast. So um, today we are in part one of Open Heavens, and we, we are looking at the story in First Kings, the story of Elijah and the nation of Israel under the king of Ahab. Elijah had confronted Ahab because of all the atrocities he, he, he was carrying out. I mean, empowering um, his wife, Jezebel, to do all sorts of havoc in God's land. And Elijah had confronted Ahab and had said to Ahab that there will be no rain in this land except I say so. And, and, and walked away. He locked the heavens and took a stroll. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I, I, I am praying that God will raise men in this nation, not only in this nation, in Africa, not only in Africa, in the world, that will be able to say to presidents, there will be no rain except at my word. All these brown envelope prophets that we have needs to come to an end. Yeah. I need to stay away. <laughs> but, 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 but the truth, but the truth is, the truth is, if you check scripture, every prophet that is of God can speak truth to power. Anyone that dances around the truth He's not a prophet of God. He can be a teacher. He can be a pastor. He can be an evangelist. But he's not a prophet.
Elijah said to, I mean, that doesn't change the call of God upon their lives. They are, they are men of God, but they are not prophets. Elijah said to Ahab, there will be no rain except at my word. And there was no rain, I think for three and a half years. Then he showed up again and said to Ahab, because God had told him to go back and unlock the heavens, and he had dealt with all the prophets and all those kind of things, and he was about to do that. And, and, and he said to, to Ahab, I heard the sound of abundance of rain. I've just opened the windows of, the, the windows of heavens. I've just opened the heavens, and I can hear the rains are coming. I pray that God will empower you to be able to do such great things for God. In the name of Jesus. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. He said. But he went and prayed. (laughs) You know, he heard the sound of abundance of rain himself. But he still went and prayed. The fact that God has given you a word or you heard God doesn't mean you should not pray. The fact that God has spoken clearly, you heard him, or you've heard, I mean, it's confirmed it, does not mean you should not pray. Many times we think, oh, God said it, that I believe it, that settles it. Yes, it settles it in heaven, but it's not useful for you in heaven. It's useful for you where? On earth. What connects heaven to earth is called what? It's called prayer. So Elijah went, put his head between his knees and began to pray. The first time, he told his servant, go and check. He came back, he says, oh God, there's no, there's nothing. I see nothing. He went back and prayed again. Traveling. Go and check. He says, there's nothing. Went back and prayed again. The second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, many people will have said, maybe I didn't hear God. You remember the story of the, uh, the testimony of the lady, you know, you know, she sent me one long email of how, oh, maybe I thought I heard God, now I didn't hear God again, I'm not sure maybe it's God, I'm not, you know, I just said to her, see me in the office. We give up too easily. Elijah. The man of God that heard the sound of abundance of rain himself. The prophet did not tell him. He heard it himself. He was praying one, two, three, four, five, six times. Nothing. The seventh time. The seventh time. The servant came back and says, oh, I see a cloud forming like the hand of a man. You know what he was saying? It's Nothing. You know, what I see is small, it's so insignificant, it's nothing. What I see cannot bring rain. What I see is just, you see, that was all Elijah needed to see. And we pick up the story in 1 Kings 18, 1 Kings 18 from verse 44. It says, finally, 
The seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, Ori. I will say Ori. Ori to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot if you roll with your feet or walk to catch up with you. And go home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. If you don't hurry, the rain, the same rain that you've been asking for, the same rain that I have prayed for, the same rain that is supposed to be a blessing will stop you if you don't hurry. So um, our contemplation today as we open up the series is, is to look at this, this scripture and wrestle and wrestle with it. And to fully understand it, you, you need to really understand the relationship of rain with the Jews and God's people generally and as it applies to you and I. Now, the children of Israel were coming from Egypt or came from Egypt and they settled in Israel. <laughs> and, but unlike Egypt, Israel was different from Egypt and the other um, Mesopotamian I mean, region, countries and settlements. Totally different because Unlike Egypt that they were coming from, the water of Egypt came from the Nile. So they, when, they, when, they, when they needed to do irrigation, irrigation from their farming, they used their feet to create pathways and, and because they were the laborers anyway. And the Nile was so huge and economies were around Nile and Nile was supporting the economy of Egypt. And it was so big. However... When they came to the promised land, God gave them a land that did not have a Nile. God gave them a land, the only body of water is, 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 the, um, is the, they call it the Sea of Galilee. It's actually a lake, lake of Galilee, but you know, they call it the Sea of Galilee. It's actually the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee cannot sustain a nation if it is not consistently watered by the rain. So, so they were coming from a place where the water was, was flowing from the ground. Now God put them in a place where they need to look up to heaven for water. Huge, huge difference. So we, 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 if, if, if you read Deuteronomy 11, Deuteronomy 11 God was explaining to them from verse 10 that for the land that you are about to enter, the land you are about to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you came. Where you planted your seed and made irrigation ditches with your food as in a vegetable garden. It says, rather... The land you will soon take over 
is a land of hills and valleys with plenty of what? Of rain. A land that the Lord your God cares for. He watches over it through each season of the, of the year. So God was saying to them, there you needed to look down. But in the promised land, you need to look up. I am the one that will supply your rain. That is why many times when the Jews are out of sync with God, God shuts off the heavens and they don't get rain. Because they are dependent on God's favor. And as Christians, we, we, we struggle with that because we don't understand the, the components of our covenant. And we think we can operate like the world. We can't operate like the world. The world gets their water from Nile. We get our water from Jehovah. And if you, if, you, if, you, if you don't get this concept, you will struggle. You will like, but this person is not a Christian. How come they have water? How come they, they, they have supply? How come they have this? But it's because the king, your king, the maker of the heavens and the earth, your father, wants you to look up when everybody else is looking down. You have to be looking where? You have to be looking up. You have to be looking up. It is actually God's prerogative. It is his responsibility for dispensing rain in our promised land. And that is the key to our covenant identity. If you miss it, you miss what it, what it is being a child of God. Altogether, you miss what it is being a Christian. While the world can get their bread from the bakery, they're like, why are you praying? You want bread, you have money in your bank. Just go and buy bread. Jesus says, ask the Lord, when you pray, say, give us this day. <laughs> In the New Testament, you see, bread, supply, nourishment. Jesus is saying, like the Old Testament promised land, our promised land, our rain comes from above. The challenge, why, why are people depressed? People are depressed because they are looking down and there is no water. People are confused. They are anxious because they are looking down. Where is down? The bank account. Where is down? The economy. Where is down? And there is no supply. And they are, and they are bewildered. They are like, like, you know, but if you promise me, you know, there should be water here. God says you are looking in the wrong direction. David says, I lift up my eyes from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the maker of the heavens and the earth. It is where, and God did it in such a way that we have to look up. We have to look up. Because he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to have a relationship. That is why he wants to have a Where would God take them from a land that has rivers, you know, and the other um, settlements has Euphrates and, and the Euphrates and the other very big rivers and put them in a land that is only dependent on his supply. Because he wants us like them, like the Jews, to constantly lift up our eyes. Where are you struggling? Check. Where are you looking? Where have you been looking? Where have you been looking? And that's the question. Where have you been looking? Where 
have you been looking? God wants you to look up. You see, the concept of heaven opening is an open heaven. Is what we make a Christian be in a place where do you know Nile can be polluted? Do you know Nile can be infest, infested? Nile, you know what I mean by Nile, figuratively. It can even dry up. But he that watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. So God is saying, I am your limitless supply. While the world is doing all sorts of things. We can't do what they are doing. You know, I, I said to, to, to Jews, uh, sorry, not to Jews, to believers, uh, that, you know, listen, you can't, you can't beat the world in their game. You can't. You need to know your own game and play your own game. Then they will be shocked that, ah, ah, you mean all this problem with Nile, does it affect you? You say, how can it affect me? When my eyes is onto the hills, onto the maker of the heavens and the earth. You mean this austerity does not affect, how can it affect me? How can it affect me? You mean, you mean there's a health breakout, it does, issues, it doesn't affect, how can it affect me? So while the world is going farther and farther away from God, because they're scrambling to solve the problem from the ground. You and I must stay closer and closer to God because He is the source of our lives. He is the source of our lives. There's a festival in, um, with the Jews called Sukkot, the, the festival of Sukkot. It's also known as the, as the, as the festival of the, of the tabernacles. Or, or, or boots. And God instituted it. It's a yearly festival. God made it in such a way that every year the Jews will leave their homes. They will leave their homes. They will go and put tents outside. And they will live outside with their families in tents dramatizing for the next generation how God is their source and sustainer. Because when they were in tents, in the wilderness, God fed them with manna. He provided water. He sustained them. Their shoes did not wear out. Their clothes did not wear I mean, it was a total miracle. And God is saying, now you are going into a land that you are going to plant you are going to harvest. You are going to enter houses you did not build. You are going to enter vineyards you did not plant. You are going to drink from wells you did not dig. God says, be careful. So you don't think that your supply is from beneath. You must always remember that your supply is from above. So every year the Jews we have the, 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 the festival of, of the tabernacle and, and they, will, they will come out to show 
They are reliers or to, or to remind themselves and to teach the next generation. They are reliant on God. How God was their sustenance. It's so easy for us to, humans to forget that God is our supply. Now you know how to plant and harvest. Now you know how to invest and you are seeing multiple returns. Now you know how to strategize and build businesses. Then you say, all this Christianity thing, Seth. Is there even a God? Because you are looking at Nile, and Nile is flourishing. And you are forgetting that God is saying to you, Nile is not your source. I am your source. And that is why when God wants to, to reset, <laughs> reset such people, he makes everything dry up. But I keep saying to God, me, I don't need to chop grass. You are the king of Israel. You are the, I mean, I don't need to chop grass like Nebuchadnezzar. Some people, until they chop grass, they will not learn. Must you chop grass? Must everything dry up? Just, Kukuma, acknowledge, you are the one that is <laughs> surprised. I mean, it, it makes everything, and it's an attitude of the heart. So if you go say, mount it to God, God knows your heart. So you can't trick him. We have to, because, and why he keeps, he kept saying, when you are this, when your goods are greatly multiplied, when, then you now see, you've entered the promised land, you don't need manna anymore, you don't need miraculous water provision, but understand that I can still shut the heavens. So God was saying, yes, I will let you walk my principles. Yes, I will let you see and produce things and become wealthy and become great. But I will still keep my sovereignty to show you that I am still God. Yes, we were raised to be self-dependent. And we raise our children to be self-dependent. And that is good. But the greatest thing we can do to ourselves and our children is to be God-dependent. We have to train our children to be God-dependent. One of the best gifts my, my parents, my, my mom, and my grandmother gave to us is to be God-dependent. They were, they, I mean, the education was not compromised. Hard work was not compromised. But you have to be God-dependent. Jesus was saying in, in John 15, verse 5, Jesus was saying in John 15, verse 5, that, look, guys, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do a, a few things. You just don't do it well. Apart from me, you can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. What, what does nothing mean? Nothing means nothing. Nothing, nothing. Nothing. Nada. So without God, and it, that is actually the key, really, to placing a demand. That's what the things that put your heart in the right place for your heavens to open. Because when you, my 
eyes, just like the servant wait on the master's hands. You see David saying that, oh Lord, my soul will wait for you. Just like the watchman for the morning. Or the hungry for the bread. He was a king. He had all the resources. He had the Niles. He had all the rivers. But he said, you are my source. You are, that is God, you alone are my source. Rain is so powerful. And we need to understand where it comes from. Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy 28 verse 12. This is what the word of God says. This says, the Lord will open the heavens. The storehouse of his bounty. So open heavens means we are, you are about to experience an outpouring from God's storehouse of his bounty. <laughs> to send rain on, the, on your land in his season and to bless all the work of your hand. It says, you will lend to nations. In case you don't know what kind of rain this is. I know some people say, oh, spiritual rain. Yes, there is spiritual rain. And we're going to look at that. The Holy Spirit, the spiritual rain, and it's huge and powerful, and it controls everything we do. But it says, this is what it's going to amount to physically. You will lend to many nations. But will borrow from none. In Acts 14, Acts 14, verse 17, it says, yet he has not left himself without a testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from, from where? From heaven. And crops in their season. He says, he provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. With joy. So rain is so, is so important. And interestingly, there Scientists say that there actually is no evidence of rain in any other planet in, in the universe. There's, there's no evidence of rain. The closest was, um, what planet was it? That, <laughs> that it, 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 it looks like rain, but it's not rain of water. There's no water. Water is only on Earth. We are the only ones that have it. That's beautiful. That's as awesome. God, that shows intelligent designer, basically. What, what planet is it? Maybe I should tell you the planet because you may want to go there. It, it rains diamonds in that planet. Okay, you Google it. <laughs> it rains diamonds. But you see, you can't access it because... The, the lightnings are about 5,000 lightnings every minute. And those are the things that crack up the carbon structure and mix them into diamonds. You know? So those diamonds are protected. <laughs> because trust human beings. Oh, they will find their way there. <laughs> I'm sure someone is thinking about it. I am sure. <laughs> but lightning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so <laughs> rain is significant in different dimensions. You know, I mean, the biggest significance of rain for us, as we mentioned, is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit? Isaiah forty-four verse verse three. Isaiah forty-four verse three says to to us says, "For I will pour out my spirit to quench your thirst and to irrigate 
your patched field. Says, I will pour out my spirit on your descendants. Say amen. amen. My blessing on your children. So, Rainy's significance is huge. It represents the Holy Spirit. So, as the heavens open over us, as it is opening and has opened, there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. It signifies abundance. Rain is not gauged. It pours. And it brings about abundance of harvest. It signifies abundance. Rain signifies favor. It's a land that your God favors and watches over. So rain signifies favor. Rain signifies fruitfulness. Because it causes the land to bud. It causes the land to be fruitful. It causes fruitfulness. As the heavens opened, there will be fruitfulness in every area in the name of Jesus. It causes, obviously, a harvest. It causes a harvest. Rain refreshes. Rain refreshes. You know, I mean, we know that too well. Rain signifies a change in season. When the first rain comes, signifies for planting. The other rain for harvest, it changes the season. Rain signifies a change of season. One huge importance about of rain is, is that rain is a leveler. Rain does not respect anybody. Rain is not a respecter. The same rain will fall on the rich, it will fall on the poor. The same rain. Rain does not discriminate. It doesn't. But from the text, our text this morning, one thing that stands out is this. It's, it's, it's um, scary, not scary as in fear, but it, it, it makes us, it should, it, should, it should make you sit up. And, and that is this, rain can stop you. Rain can actually stop you. You know, it is not a respecter of persons. King or pauper, it can stop you. The person that Elijah was talking to was a king. Elijah said to her, the king, you better run. If you don't run, this rain will stop you. In other words, this rain doesn't care whether you're a king or not. The blessings of God is going to be upon you. The rain of God is going to fall upon you. But you have to be positioned. You have to be ready. In 1 Kings 18, 44, that we read, it says, Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot. I have my own unseen chariot that is going to run faster than yours. But if you use your legs, it will stop you. I pray that God will give you the chariot that, are, that is required in the name of Jesus. If you don't hurry, 
the rain will stop you if you don't hurry. So, I'm praying that you will hurry. I'm praying that you will sense the urgency in the spirit even at this time. Because if there's something, we are looking at two things from this and, and, and we'll close because when we, at the end of the service, we are going to be laying hands on, on, on people. If you, if you want to be prayed with, the pastors are going to be there um, and the one designated are going to be laying hands on you and, and, and pray with you. So I need to, um, you know, do quick. <laughs> so I did say two things. So the first thing is that there is urgency. Urgency. Hurry. Hurry. Start fasting. Hurry. Hurry. You know what my grandmother used to say? Fast so that you don't have to fast. Because whichever way, you will fast. <laughs> Either you fast when it's corporate and easy and the anointing is huge and great, or you fast by yourself in the wilderness, you fast. So fast so that you don't have to... So ask your neighbor, are you fasting? <laughs> the ones that did answer you, you know the answer already. <laughs> Say to them, fast. Tap your hand, tap your hand. Fast. <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. We are not embarrassing anybody. That's a joke. <laughs> so you hurry. The urgency is huge. The, the, the voice translation says, says to us, in the voice translation says, prepare your chariot and live quickly before the rain gets torrential and keeps you from traveling. The rain can actually limit your movement. Of course it can. It's urgent, pressing. It takes priority, immediate attention. It can. And there are things that with God... There's urgency. There's urgency. If you're sensitive, there are things in your life that you know there's an urgent demand for this. There's an urgent demand for this. There's urgency of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6 2. 2 Corinthians 6 2 says there is urgency of salvation. It says, For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. And the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. There's an urgency. You are not saved. God is saying, there's an urgency now. When should you get saved? Today is the day of salvation. You know, you can't say, oh, ah, I'm waiting for the God during service when I will give my life to Jesus. God is saying, when should you give your life to Jesus? Now, now, now. Now, today, today, now, it is not in one week, it is not in two weeks, it's, it's today. There's urgency of salvation, there's urgency of sonship, First John 3, 2. And that is also so important, First John 3, 2. It says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. 
and it does not yet appear what we will be, but we know that when, we, when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, why, why is this an urgent, urgent issue? Because people are not walking in their sonship, and God is saying to you and I, beloved, when are we sons of God? Now. Now. Not when we get to heaven. We are sons of God now. Now. And the urgency is so potent that God expects, like Elijah said to Ahab, God expects that we actually hurry. There's prayer meeting every day. Hurry and get there. There's going to be praise chain Saturday today. Hurry. Get your shekere. Do your own slot. Praise God. Hurry. 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 David shows us a key principle when it comes to when you are assigned a task from the king in 1 Kings 21, 8. 1 Kings 21. 1 Kings 21, 8, the B part. It says, because the king's business requires haste, priority. Who sent you determines the priority of the message. Who sent you, I mean, it happened to me growing up. I'm sure it's happened to you if you're a teenager here, or even you're a parent, you are playing your game and you are just enjoying the game. Nobody is in trouble. And your mom comes and says, take this thing or go, go get me something from the car. And you say, I've heard. And you continue playing your game. <laughs> and she comes and says, Ah, uh, did you hear what I said? You said I should get that thing from the car. I heard you. I heard you. I will. Are you continuing to play your game? You all know what's going to happen next. You just say, <laughs> You will think without virtual reality that you have been immersed into the game and you are involved in the fight that was going on and the punch just hits you. I mean, Your mom comes and says, go get me something from the car. You're playing your game. The queen's matter requires what? You drop your keypad and you go get it. Many times, we say to our children, oh, go get me A or go get me B. And they say to us, yeah, I'll get it. And we are powerless. What a generation. And we say, oh, no, 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 no. The children of our days, you have to reason with them. <laughs> the children of our days, you know, they, they are not like us. You have to, you know. There's something that is in reasoning. <laughs> it's called... Ibati. 
If you don't know what that means, see me after service for a demonstration. <laughs> in John 9, verse 4, in John 9, 4, you know, the, the word of God says that, this is Jesus says, we must quickly carry out the task. He says, I must walk the walk of him that sent me while it is day because night comes when no one can walk. There's an urgency in reaching people for God. There's an urgency in reaching souls for Jesus. There's an urgency in missions. There's an urgency in, in taking the gospel to places that are unpopular. There's an urgency. There's an urgency. And there's an urgency. And for many people, the lack of understanding of the urgency of the things of God have actually robbed people of walking into the greatness that God has for them. God said to the Jews, go and take the land. But before you take the land, send spies so that you will be, you'll be fired up. You can see the kind of land I'm giving you. Ten of the spies came back and says, oh, the land is as God said, but God didn't tell us the whole truth. There are giants in the land. They didn't say it like that, but that's, what, that's the implication. There are giants in the land. They are bigger than our God. They didn't say it like that, but that's the implication. So we can't go. Two said, we are able to go. And the people grumbled. They said, David, uh, Moses has come to kill us in the wilderness. Oh, let us appoint captains so that we can go back. Oh, are there no graves in Egypt? Oh, why has God done this to us? They grumbled and God was looking at them. God says, go and take the land. You're saying your opponent is bigger than you. God says, go and take the land. You're saying your competitor is stronger than you. God says, go and take the land. You're you giving all this. So they were giving their excuses and God kept quiet. And, and after a while, they came to Moses and they said, Oga, we are sorry for that. Now we are ready to take the land. Moses said, you better cool down. God is not like that too. God has not told you to go now. And they say, ah, it was just yesterday. If you check, it's, it, it can't be more than 24 hours. It was just yesterday. There's a season of response. There's a season that God wants you to respond. If you miss that season of response, it can take another 40 years. Like the children of Israel. Took them another 40 years. They missed a 24-hour window and it took them 40 years to recover. There's a season of response. Respond. It's urgent. There's an urgency. You have to respond. There's an urgency. So they, they went. They, they appointed captains. They were beating black and blue. In fact, you can't do things. God says, don't do it. So God says, no, you guys, I'm going to, you're going to expire. You will not expire. Amen. I'm praying that God's mercy will prevail. Amen. 
even when we are not sharp enough to enter in a window of opportunity. I'm praying that even when our own voice of doubt prevails over us, that God's mercy will prevail over our situation. And bring us in anyway. Yes, it's possible. Sarah, God said to, they were having a discussion. You know, men were talking. Did they call her into the discussion? No. She was, so when men are talking, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Don't be eavesdropping because they are manly discussions. You may not be able to understand, to, you know. <clears throat> anyway, so men were talking. She was eavesdropping. I she <clears throat> Again, I'll unpack that another time. There's, there's no time to unpack that. But i just go to where we're going, which is this. God said, call that. Sarah. Ah, yes, sir. I'm loyal, sir. Since I said this, and you laughed. Ah, me? No, not me, sir. Your girl is loyal, sir. I mean, you're lying to God. Does that even make sense? <laughs> but you have time for, for a little bit more? Okay. Uh, okay, so I was having, <laughs> I was having a, a conversation. <clears throat> You know, <laughs> with one of, of my guys. And the way God, I said, I said men were talking. And I, and I knew that. And I'm, I'm serious. You know, God differentiates between men and women. Do you know that? Of course. Of course. There are things he will tell men, he can't tell a man, he can't tell a woman. I know, I know, I know. The 21st century. What a man can do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. I understand that. And I'm not putting women down. Don't get me wrong. But they're just different. How God deals with men is different from how God deals with women. So, I love you because one of my guys said, when, if a man had tried what Sarah tried, what would have happened? Check scriptures. The father of John the Baptist. He didn't he did half. He just doubted. He didn't even laugh. God says, dumb. <laughs> God's motive with dumbness. It's on the same matter of fruitfulness. He did half of what Sarah did. For over nine months, the guy was just doing sign language. Sarah laughed. Sarah lied. Koro Koro lied. <laughs> and God said, according to the time of life, by this time next year, you will have a child. 
God, deal with me like you do with uh, your, your girls. You know? <laughs> you know, God, God, should she not have punishment? Oh, I said two, but forgive me. I don't want to. I don't want to open the the the, the, the second one. There will be no time, you know. <laughs> God can overrule even when our response is not adequate. I'm praying that God will have that kind of mercy upon me, upon you, upon God's favorite house. In the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, so, uh, the first is urgency, I said. The second, we're going to breathe through. I know some people are not happy, so you're going to get it. <laughs> the second is, go home. He said to Ahab, go home. First Kings 8, um, 18, 44. Go home. Hurry. Tell him. Go back home. Go back home. Rain will limit you indoors. It will limit your movement. It's a necessary restriction. Rain is a necessary restriction. But you see, I'm here to tell you that the rains are coming. It's about to get wet. It's about to get cold. It's about to get noisy. It's about to get noisy. So you need to get home. So, so what do you do at home? What do you do at home? You, you go plan. You go position. You go prepare. You go plan for what God is about to unleash in your life. You go position yourself. You go prepare. You go spiritually, emotionally, physically. You are planning. You are positioning. You are preparing. You are coming we are praying together. We are praising. Vigil is going to start, not this week, upper week. We are going home. And that is the presence of God for us. That is the presence of God for us. Isaiah 54 verse 2 says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch for the curtains of your habitations. Spare not, lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stake. Your stakes, for you shall break forth to the right and to the left in the name of Jesus. I want to close with the story of the um, ten virgins in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, 1 to 13, there's a story there of ten virgins. And these ten virgins. The Bible tells us that five were wise, five were foolish, ten were virgins, ten were pure, five were wise, five were foolish. Purity is not enough. Five were wise, five were foolish. What was the difference between the wise and the foolish? The wise bought extra oil. There was a cost to the oil. The wise, the five that were wise, 
paid the price. The five that were foolish did not pay the price. When the bridegroom came and they went to the, the five that were foolish, went to the five that were wise, yeah, let us share now. Just give us, you know, let us share. The Bible says, let us bear one another's burden. The five that were wise says to them, the Bible says, bear, let everybody bear his own body. You know, the Bible said it too. You need to know which one to apply in which situation. <laughs> so the Bible says, the, so they said, guess what? Go and meet the person that is the people that are selling, the merchant. So which, which means that the problem was not resources to buy the oil. They had the resources to buy the oil. They could have bought the oil. Everybody has 24 hours in the day. You have the resources you need. Will you pay the price? Will you pay the price? Will you, will you pay the extra cost of the oil? The oil represents the anointing, the presence of the, of the Lord that comes from the presence of the Lord, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Will you pay the price? Or will you be complacent? This season, I pray that you will not miss your open heavens. Amen. Say amen. Come on. Amen. That you will pay the requisite price. Amen. You know, someone says, and I, I find it very true, that every one of us have the ten virgins in us. Everybody's carrying ten virgins around. Five are still wise. Five are still foolish. So when they cast their vote, it's five here, five there. But you have the deciding vote. Where are you going to cast your vote? With the five that are wise or with the five that are foolish? That is what will happen. That is what will determine what happens to your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Hurry. Get up so that the rain does not stop you. Get up so that the rain does not stop you. There's an urgency of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. You are here, you are seated here. You are like, Pastor, I need to get saved. I need to give my life to Jesus. I want to respond to that urgency. I want my heavens to be opened. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I'll pray with you. That is me, pastor. Pray with me wherever you are seated. Put up your hand now over your head. I will pray together. God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well. Not on your head, over your head. Put it up. God bless you. There's a hand there. Shoot the hand up. Not on your head. Put it over your head. I will, I will, I will pray together. That is me. God bless you. God bless you. There's another hand there. God bless you. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Put the hands up. The rest of us, let's talk to God. Are you on? God bless you. Another hand at the back. There's another hand over there. Are you undecided? Once you have the card, that's okay. You can put down your hand. There's another hand right, right there. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. And just pray. The rest of us, let's talk to God. Let's, let's talk to him. What urgent, What is the urgent urgency in your spirit about even at this time? What is God placing in your heart that needs attention. Why don't you talk to God about it? Oh, Father, we honor you. Lord, we thank you. 
We give you praise and glory, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, for his goodness, for his kindness.